dear shooter, you did it. You scored yourself a badge for SHOT Show. Be prepared to actually spend time in that company's booth now. Also, download the map so you know where the bathrooms are when that food court lunch starts talking. Comfy shoes are a must. And my top piece of advice is don't let Vegas get you to stay out all night. That's a rookie move. Of course I'm happy. I'm just checking because I'm like getting the stink eye here. Go do your thing. But get good at your craft first. And put your budget to things that really matter at the end of the day. You want to get good at it. And make no mistake about it. That's training. Let's face it. If you have a size 62 waist, you are not as tactical as 5'11 might think you are. <laughs> and we've all seen it. <laughs> Welcome to the Deer Shooter Podcast. I am your host, Jason Crotto. Deer Shooter is brought to you by WyoTac, Empowerment Through Self-Reliance, and Lucid Optics, on target, under budget. And we're back from SHOT Show, exhausted, but I think we've all avoided the SHOT Show crud this year. You didn't give it enough time? Oh, I gave it plenty of time. I'm not getting sick this year, I've said. Well, that just confirms it. How many hands did you shake? (laughs) Oh, God, I lost track of about (laughs) 35,000. All of them seals. Half of them, yeah. 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 They licked their hands first. Some of them did. Well, what, the women's bathroom, oddly enough, got closed because of something. We think somebody died in a stall. Oh, God. Could have been, you know. I heard I got closed, but I didn't know why. <laughs> well, when you close a bathroom, usually there's a cleaning crew. This time there was a security team, so concerning. Is that the same bathroom that you came back saying that the, the toilet seats were enormously huge and I told you that was the sink? No, that would be Jason's <laughs> that was <me>. bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> they worked up. Oh my God, it was, it was like sitting on a 55-gallon drum. I'm pretty sure that was the sink. No, to be fair, like looking at some of the people walking around shot, I understand why they needed a toilet seat that big. Or is it the fact you ate at the food court? That's the bathroom by the food court. You were the one that took me to the food court. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, No. Overpriced food that's just not that good. (laughs) Well, yeah, everything in Vegas was overpriced, except for the hookers. You, You bought a hooker? No. But that was the only thing I could afford. You priced out a hooker? I did. All right. The one that was I and you. Yeah, she couldn't handle me. (laughs) Well, you you saw her in the bathroom. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. That's gross. (laughs) I mean, no one should take wet paper towels from the sink and clean themselves up to go again. It was bad. It was definitely bad. So So, welcome to Vegas. Yeah, welcome to Vegas. Welcome to $25 drinks and very questionable morals. Yeah, well, you know. So SHOT Show this year. Um, all of us are veterans, have seen our fair share. Um, veterans of the show. Veterans of the show. Right. Okay. I've been to four. Brandy, you're what, seven? Seven, eight. Um, you start to lose count. Right. And I, and I think... Jason, you're you're what, 15, 16 I'm, at this point? I'm 18 this year. Okay. So we've seen shot. Better than last year. Last year was so dismal, they shouldn't even have had the show. 
But this year, yes, it was definitely better attended. Conversations you had were on both sides of the fence. You had your regular dealers. You had good media. You had distributors coming through. Um, you had guys I had no idea why they were there hanging out in the booth. But that's what a SHOT Show is. Yeah, it's a great mix of people from the industry. That's the deer shooter. <laughs> I got my badge from a company, and well, I don't know why I'm here. Well, we, <laughs> Lucid Optics badged in people that didn't show. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. That's rough. And, okay, fine. Sorry, I wasn't at the booth much. A lot of meetings. You were there as much as you absolutely needed to be, kind of like a wizard. You show up when you need to. That's right. Never late. Always late. I arrive precisely when I intend to. It's not about when you're there at the booth. It's what you do with your booth time when you're there. Right? I mean, you're either dressing the merchandise or talking to somebody that wants to know more about the gear or the company. You handled that just fine. No, I couldn't talk after day two. I was My voice was so blown out. I lost my voice on Friday for about three hours. <laughs> was this the year of the Malinois or what? There were more oh, dogs man. walking around. And they weren't all Malinois, but for the most part, that's most the of security them dog. Sure. I saw, I saw Great Danes. I saw Labs. saw a couple Pit Bulls. But, yeah, this was the year of the dog. People had their service animal with them. Oh, my favorite was the one Malinois, and he was tacked out. The vest had the goggles and his little green octopus that he was carrying around. <laughs> as tough as you are, everybody needs their Pooh Bear. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and you saw one. We, You and I were coming back in from the main entrance one time, and we saw a, uh, I think it was a bloodhound, and he was just dead to the world. He was so tired. They were undressing him, and he just would not move. I honestly thought he was dead. We had to look to see if he was breathing, but he was done. <laughs> Poor puppy. <laughs> well, and, then, and then there was the wrinkly lab. Yeah, he was my favorite, probably. He looked like a lab mixed with maybe a Sharpay. Oh, wow. But he was done with it about noon on the first day. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so he saw like five booths. <laughs> I so. think he was security detail out front, and he never left the front lobby. So there used to be a statistic saying that shot show was so big that if you were motivated you could see the entire show but you could only spend 37 seconds in each booth not enough to engage in a conversation or actually see anything and now that they've added the caesar's forum it's enough footprint that i think that stat needs revised probably you're probably looking at eight to 12 seconds yeah yeah fair enough and then uh well the 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 poor kid that we saw on day one standing in the breakfast line and he was wide-eyed, and, and of course, because he was the new guy, he got sent to get everybody breakfast. And and I had a conversation with him standing in line. He goes, he goes, man, I just, everywhere I go, I have to stand in line. I said, that's what we do. We come to Vegas and stand in line. That's what we do. He was in line so long when he was waiting for his coffees, he forgot what he ordered. <laughs> it was hilarious because we were all staring at him, and he goes, is that me? And we're like... That has to be you. <laughs> Poor kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could tell it was his first show, though, because he was so excited to be there. Oh, ran and, into it. Ran into a lot of newbies this year. And I won't lie. I, 18 years of doing the show, and I'm still kind of excited to go. I enjoy the interaction with the people because they're kind of like us. They all kind of get it. Right. And by about day two, maybe three... I'm over it. I want to change shoes and go home. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. About yeah, about afternoon on Thursday, I was I was ready to be done. I'd had all my meetings. I talked to everybody I needed to talk to that was there. Um, that was kind of odd. Some some of the bigger guys that I expected to be there weren't. No, it, it was better attended though from the vendor perspective than last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year you had folks that put up a couple comfy chairs and said, "Sorry, we missed you." But they took up a hundred by hundred space upstairs. <laughs> um, those of us that are in there trying to scratch it out and actually make some business, it, it's kind of an offensive thing because with Shot Show's rules, you know, you got to have somebody in the booth at all times, right? Right. And then they pull that shenanigan, and then they're back next year without any problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it makes I mean, me wonder what the consequences really are. What did they miss? Because technically, this is show and tell. Total. You can't sell. You can't do anything with any. You just go, look what I brought this Friday for show and tell. Uh I I think there's a distinction that needs to be made. You can sell at SHOT Show. Um, We write purchase orders. We we take information and sell product. But they don't want you to retail sale out of the booth. And that's mostly, I believe, if I'm correct me if I get this wrong, but it's a Nevada tax issue because they have sales tax. And they don't want all these companies coming in and not paying their fair share of sales tax. Now, when we went to Sturgis, they fixed that because you got a South Dakota tax ID before you showed up. Mm-hmm. And you had to go down to their little office down in Sturgis away from the, the venue to pay your bill before you left the state. Right. Well, and GAO was the same way when we went there. So I just wonder what the reasoning is behind it. Maybe someone can s- chime in in the comments of this. Let us know what your thoughts are. Should SHOT Show sell or should they not? I'm going to say no. And and the reason I say that is SHOT Show is enough of a circus as it is. If you start allowing consumers to come in to buy on the floor, can you imagine trying to get anywhere? Well, I think you can still keep it a, a business-to-business dealer environment, but they want a sample to take home and show their buddies what they saw. Right. I mean, it doesn't need to be consumers. It doesn't right. need to be that kind of a show, but... Yeah, imagine walking down that hallway at 5 o'clock with the consumer population. Now, you, you you won an argument with NSSF last year, and it landed you in the basement. Well, so, you know, when you challenge the king, you got to remember that... <laughs> You're supposed to kill he's, him. He's still the king. <laughs> so, yeah, we had an argument with SHOT Show, and it was over their their aggressive tactics on booth collection and, and space and $400 a square foot and that kind of ratio when it comes down to their jobs to put attendance in the show and while they didn't do that last year we had a small little discussion with them about either discounting the booth or what were they going to do to up the the traffic they didn't have any real good answers for us Um, they conceded at the end that that they needed to do a better job to justify the prices of the show and so i kind of took that as a win for the argument and when we got our booth assignment, it turns out we were back in the basement. So from upstairs <laughs> with the big show, back down to the basement. So do you do you feel like they did service it better this year? To I, a point. I to do. a point. This is the first year at SHOT Show where I walked in opening morning. They hadn't vacuumed. Oh, there were pallets all it over the crazy. floor. This place is usually pristine when you walk in that first day. And... It wasn't. I was really concerned. They did turn it around by the second day, but that first day, that was rough. Now, I know know a lot of the vendors had some shipping issues and getting their people there on time. So there was, I I remember opening day, we're looking at it, it's it's 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning, and they were still setting up booths. 
there were ones that didn't have their booths um, delivered to their space on opening day. Mm-hmm. So logistically, I think that they had some issues to hammer out, but I think they filled the space from last year's dropouts, um, some with some international folks. Mm-hmm. I saw five times more folks from Turkey this year <laughs> yeah, well. than I've ever seen in my life. And they, at one point, we were pushing out the, the knife guys and the, the, uh, the outfitters and guides because they have other shows for that, right? And shooting sports industry is supposed to be about shooting sports. Well, but it's shot. Shooting, hunting, and outdoor sports trade show. Okay, right. so why was the coffee pot guy there? Anybody? Agreed. Anybody? I All think right. they filled some space with some things that they had traditionally said that weren't applicable. Now, that sits wrong with me from a vendor standpoint because I was on a waiting list to get in with my company for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they justified that because, well, I'm, I'm not giving preference because I'm not a firearms manufacturer. And they were working on, you know, watches and outfitters and guides and meat processing and, you know, pushing them out because there's other shows for that. Um, this year we saw a lot more of that come back. Mm-hmm. And I think they filled the space with some of the folks by kind of wiggling room on that rule. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think some of those guys kind of belong there. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. But when there's a waiting list to get in, right? I think they should give preference to shooting sports activities. Agreed. Now let's let's talk about the turkey guys, because <laughs> you had a guy across from your booth, and I and I tried to have a conversation with him. He was an ammunition manufacturer. That's right. And that was one of my sole purposes for going to Shot Show was I needed to find an ammunition manufacturer to work with us with our training. Um, trying to have a conversation with the guy of hey, you know, what's your pricing? What's your lead time? What's your delivery? And all he can say to me is. I know sell to you. Well, I can't that, sell here. Some of that was language barrier. He was reading into a rule about the selling, like we started out this conversation mm-hmm. about, that I think maybe he took it too literal. I think he did. But he didn't really write any business or do any real conversations at the booth. Uh, he sat there and passed out candy and, and played on his phone. Well, that was that was the other guy. So the guy he talked to was the uh, not-so-friendly guy. The other guy was overly friendly. You and I were sitting there... Yeah. Waiting for people to come in. He came over with a bowl of nuts and a bowl of candy. And he goes, you take. And I'm like, well, no, thanks. He goes, you eat. <laughs> okay. A little, a little pushy about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He the was being friendly. He was being friendly. No, I get it. But the, the, the other guy, and he, and he told me that he was the owner of the company and was so adamant that he couldn't sell anything, couldn't write a purchase order, couldn't do anything there. And my only thought was, well, then why are you here? Right. Exactly right. The whole point behind a show like that is to show people what you've got. And if you've got it, write a purchase order. He didn't have to sell retail to you right there. Right. And a word of advice for him. Last year, we were next to some guys from Turkey, okay? They didn't have American candy bars and peanuts. They had their Turkish delights. Yes, they did. And he you gave brought me some a home. box of Turkish delights. <laughs> That's how you do it, Turkey. So what was in that box of Turkish delights? Um, some of them were good. I'm not really sure what they were. Some of them were good. Some of them each had a bite taken out. But Were they pastries? <laughs> were they candy? What no, it was they? baklava. Baklava, okay. All right. And, and some of it was really good. Some of it, eh. Some of it was kind of scary. Right. I mean, I, I enjoy the international aspect of it because... The shooting sports does happen outside the U.S. borders, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, contrary to a lot of guys that think that way. So 
seeing the guys from Turkey. I, I enjoyed seeing them because they have actually solved some of the issues um, that I can't say it's original thought, but I saw a lot of air guns from Turkey. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of shotguns from Turkey, and I saw a lot of kind of weird bolt guns and lever guns and stuff that really doesn't fit in our market for the most part. But it's interesting to see the engineering designs of something new from someplace else. Right. And and from what I've seen in the last year, probably year and a half, Turkey's producing a lot of pretty quality firearms. I mean, look at the Stoker. Well, and if, if you actually look at some of the bigger names in the firearms industry, they're getting their firearms from Turkey. Right. Um, it is a manufacturing center for firearms. Oh, it is. And, and you look at somebody like STS, I mean, they are bringing them in like crazy. Mm-hmm. ATI brings a lot of stuff in from Turkey. Right. Um, we buy a lot of Turkish firearms in this country. We just don't necessarily know it. Right. Okay, so what? What are you going to tell those newbies out there? First time, shot show goer, not maybe not working in the industry, but got that badge, maybe they're a sponsored shooter or somebody's little buddy. Well, I, I think you hit on it right out of the gate. Um, comfortable shoes are a must. Mm-hmm. I think that if you start the show with a plan, and a well-thought-out plan, because it is spread out. Oh, that doesn't work. He had a plan. I had a plan. And he squirreled like a mother. Well, you, you, you see something shiny, and you got to stop. It, it does interrupt your day. But so, that's the show. That's why it's there. Right? So he needs goggles. Blinders. Blinders, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but the... The problem the, is I run into too many people that I know. Well, fair enough, but from a newbie perspective, right? Um, I wouldn't say you're you know, a seasoned veteran of the show. You've been there a couple times, but um, you're not a newbie anymore, mm. right? Um, go see what you want to see. Go touch and feel your your top list first, and then spend a day just exploring the show. Take a look at it. It is so overwhelming that if you don't do that, you'll get lost, and then you feel like you wasted your trip. So don't do that. We had an employee once that got lost. <laughs> yes, we did. So I had a guy that I brought in, and it was his first shot show. And he worked the booth, he worked the booth, and he was kind of a little nervous to go out and explore. So on Thursday of the show, I kicked him loose. I said, you need to go see it. Um, we got the booth. Go. And he took off at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And the show was closing. It was 5 o'clock. Lights actually went off. And he hadn't come back yet. <laughs> he hadn't text yet. And so I texted him and asked him where he was. And he, I got this really cursory, I don't know. <laughs> so we were packing down the, the merchandise. And he comes just hauling ass by the booth. Just almost a dead panic run. And his neck separated from his body. And he hit the brakes. And he found us again. And he was all good. But he was out of breath. He had got upstairs and got twisted and turned around because inside you have no landmarks <laughs> no. to work with. And uh, he, he got lost in the show. So he spent a couple hours just trying to find his way back to the booth. Bet you he was doing circles. Look, kids, the food court. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And food court again. And it, it happens. Well, and that's it. You've got to find landmarks. Right. And some of those that have been in that same venue for years, you, you, you find some of the secret staircases and you find mm-hmm. some of the I wouldn't call them secret but they're not well marked there's escalators and you can get up into the middle of the upstairs room if you know where you're at so outside all that as a newbie walk it 
take advantage of looking at the booths that your doors open up to so you have a landmark to actually work with. And oh my God, no matter what your friends say, do not stay out all night. Oh, oh no. God. The number one thing, and then that's a Vegas rookie thing more than it is a SHOT Show thing. Um, companies bring these interns and these guys in the marketing department that it's the first time they've been to a, a big event and they turn them loose because they don't want to, you know, parent them all the whole time. And they go and they, you know, they have vendor meetings and they have vendor drinks. And then the next thing you know, it's Vegas and you're going to have some free time. And, and they play the slots. And you can't see the sun nope. when you're in the casino. If you stay no. outside a casino, you will never know what time it is. And that's by design. Vegas has done that on purpose. And you can tell these kids because they come in the second day of show and they look like they got hit by a bus. Yeah, well, they're still drunk, if not hungover. <laughs> right. And, you know, they haven't been to bed yet. And they've got to go to work again. And back in the booth and you can walk into a booth and you can tell who's been there a minute and who's the first timer well that same employee that got lost didn't he do a drinking thing a little late one night he did so we had a couple really good days and we were we were kind of celebrating oh this was him yeah so he he came to the booth and a buddy of mine showed up and he works in the music industry and brian is a professional at these things. <laughs> he has seen more venues and more trade show type events than any of us all combined. Because this is what he does for a living. And he got goaded into going out with Brian and they attempted to drink Vegas out of Coors Light. And, you know, they, they succeeded at the, the, the Venetian upstairs. Now, only a couple places carried it. It's a little bit higher level environment. So they decided they were going to hit the strip and try and do this and realized at 4 a.m. that it couldn't be done. So his work ethic kicks in, and he realizes it's 4 a.m., and the booth opens at 7 to get (laughs) merchandise. (laughs) And so he panics and decides he's not going back to his hotel because that's like a three-hour walk. And sweet talk, some guy at the security desk to let him into the venue and went to sleep underneath one of the tables at the booth which well he wasn't late to work (laughs) but it was funny when we rolled in there and he was still under the desk snoring (laughs) gotta hand his work ethic to him though he was he was at work on time was he worth it for about half the day no he was rubbish (laughs) yeah he was still drunk for half the day I mean, there's a lot of funny things that happen at SHOT Show. It's worth going and seeing once if you can get oh, in. Absolutely. When I, when I worked with Brunton, we had a guy that, that we told him that, you know, he was buying dinner on his, his card and that Cheetah's had the best buffet. And so he booked 25 of us at Cheetah's. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a funny ha-ha until he got his expense report. That wasn't so funny. <laughs> I, th- I mean, overall, I think, the, you know, four of us went, and and really, I mean, we were careful. We had we went out and we had a couple of really nice dinners. The food in Vegas is but, good, but overall, I mean, I I thought we budgeted well and 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 did okay. Kept it reasonable. I, I think our late night was what midnight, one o'clock. 
That was the last night, yeah, to that be was fair, last night. so that's no big deal. Right. It's when you do that the first night and you drag ass the rest mm-hmm. of the week. There's too many meetings and conversations you got to have and be able to recite numbers. Now, to, to be fair, we went out the first night with Ton Jones. That ended up being a late night. So any night with Ton Jones is a late night. Mm-hmm. And, and actually our last night was with him, and it was a late night. So Ton is is an incredible enigma of a human being. He has been in and around celebrity situations forever. I mean, from snake buying deals from Nicolas Cage to um, hanging out with the A-list of everybody who's anybody. And he's just a super nice guy. Mm-hmm. And you look at him, and he's bald head, and he's tattooed up, and... His, his, his give-a-fuck filter left a long <laughs> time ago. He's just good company, and he's really smart. He is. Um, he I'll does th- a lot of the R&D, and he's paid to basically see where the, the Air Force air guns break, right? And he ended up handling a lot of the business because people like Ton. They want to hang out with Ton. And you'll see personalities like that pretty much with any of the bigger brands that are worth Right. having a conversation with over the new stuff it shot. Now, to be fair, he does have a softer side because I ran into him like noon on Wednesday, and he was in the back of his booth curled up in a fetal position crying, asking if it was over yet. Yeah, yeah. He is a softer side of Tom. That's right. <laughs> That's because he stayed up too late. He did, yeah. <laughs> Keep in mind, he's from the East Coast. Yep. So. No, he's from Texas. He's from Texas. Is he from Texas? Yeah, so he's only an hour Air difference. Force is out of Texas. Well, then he whined like a bitch. <laughs> well, I've invited him to re- listen to this podcast, so he's going to hear you say Nice. That. Well, when I first started talking to Ton, it was over the phone. I'd never met the man, right? You envision the way he talks business over the phone, that he is some kind of stuck-up, suit-wearing dude. And then when you meet him, I'm like, are you sure that's Ton? Because... <laughs> <laughs> He is nowhere near suit-wearing. Highly intelligent, one of the best human beings I think I've ever met. He's a good dude. Happy to call him my friend. So, give us the highlight and the low light. What was the best thing you saw at shot, and what was the most ridiculous thing you saw at shot? Oh, gosh, there's a list. Where do I <laughs> boil that down to? Um, so, the highlight for me at shot was, and this is blasphemy from, a, from an optics guy, but... I saw a neat little thermal sight from a competitor of mine that they knocked it out of the park. I can't say it any other way. Um, Thermal is a very expensive space to be in. Um, It's software-oriented. It's going to run out of favor within a couple years, so warranty and tech on that's kind of challenging. But they brought to market a red dot-sized thermal sight which you could dual switch between thermal and or overlay to the real world with a red dot. And it was a pretty incredible piece of gear, I've got to say. And who was this? You're going to make me say it. I'm going to make you say <laughs> oh. it because it's only fair. If it impressed you as a competitor, As a competitor, fair. i got to say, Hollow Sun knocked that one out of the park. They did. They did a I, good saw, job. I saw the same one, and I was, I was impressed. And a lot of their business practices I don't agree with. They are a competitor of mine. Um, I think in a lot of ways that they do the, the, the wrong things for the right reason and they've gained a lot of favor in the industry. But this product specifically, I, I, I was impressed. 
So kudos to them. Kudos to What's them. the yep. worst thing? And we probably won't share who that is. <laughs> well, it, I don't know if there's a, a worse thing, but the things that I don't understand, the people that are solving problems that don't exist mm. and nobody's asking for a solution for, I saw 15 to 20 different new lever guns out there. I saw. Thank you. That's where I was going. From a five thousand dollar lever gun that is magazine fed to mm-hmm. a two thousand dollar lever gun that's magazine fed. Some of them are in pistol calibers. Some are in rifle calibers. Um, the the threaded muzzle on a lever gun, while in its own, is kind of nice. But magazine feeding um, with a box magazine, uh, a lever gun kind of defeats the purpose of a lever gun. Right. Um, for you me, you lose the essence. For me, I mean, the lever gun's a smooth, sleek. It'll go in the the, the scabbard on my my saddle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you can't do that anymore if you're going to add a magazine to it. Um, and a nine millimeter lever gun, while might be fun to shoot on the range, has very little practicality outside that. You know, I saw a rifle, and I want to say it's probably the worst thing. It's the one thing I remember out of everything I breezed by. Is they had a wood stock firearm, but the butt of that stock was metal AR robot red. <laughs> and I'm like, are you running out of ideas? I mean, Iron Man has his influence on a lot of this stuff. You got to understand the guys that are designing this stuff are Marvel guys. So the wood stock. Well, yeah. they got a touch on classic. Well, and 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 it was said best. I a friend of mine had put a post up yesterday i think and he would he was talking about the industry has gotten so niche that the niches have niches that's absolutely correct and you can see it in every category um, everything from high-end optics to high-end rifle scopes to high-end rifles to the accessories that that go there i i, I looked at a bipod that was hydraulic in nature mm-hmm. oh i want that i, I gotta tell you <laughs> it, it, i do too it, it's solving a problem that I would normally address with my rifle rest or a backpack of some sort. Mm-hmm. But the bipod, that, well, from a hydraulic nature, allows for micro-adjustments that you couldn't get otherwise. Right. Now, it, it's staying near a $1,000 bipod. Right. And th- that prices me out of one pretty quick just because I like to spend my money on ammo and training. But... There are guys that are going to buy that. I think the ELR guys. I th- yeah, and the, and that's what they were marketing to. And some of the bench rest guys are going to jump all over that, even though the points of contact from the bench in the wrong position. Um, but they gave it the right feet, interchangeable feet. I mean, I got to tell you, they did a good job with it, but it's really expensive. So if DNC Customs is listening, Derek needs one. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, and, and I didn't see any of the... Uh, Backbag risers. That's DNA. DNA. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> DNA, DNA custom. Customs. Wow. Amber's going to kill you for this one. So there was she loves a product me, kind of. that I didn't see that was brought to our summit um, this last year in, in Raton that I didn't see any rear bag risers. Right. Now, DNA Customs were showing one off at our summit. And from a bench rest shooter perspective, that's interesting to me. Um, but it does a lot of the same things that this bipod's going to be doing. Right. It's just the elevations on the different portion of the firearm. Well, the hydraulics were supposed to make just the minute changes you needed and it, instead and it, of hugging a bag. Yeah, and it worked well. 
it did work well. It's a lot to pack around, though. It is, but if you it's if not you consider meant for packing, though. no, and and you and I have had this discussion. The 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 bipod that I use on my ELR gun, it it's extremely unwieldy. It's huge, and I have to take it off to put it in the case. And and if I'm being honest, that bipod costs nearly as much as this hydraulic one. Because you're compensating, gotcha. But it's not for big truck, around. little willy bitty. We're back to the whole reason Lucid is existing. It's application orientation, right? This bipod that we're talking about, both of them, yours and this new one uh, from AccuTech, is it's not for packing around. This no. is a it's a bench environment. It's right. a you're proned out ELR range environment where mm-hmm. you have time to pack your gear in and out and get set up. Mm-hmm. Um, now the the fast hunting bipods they're kind of played out. They are what they are. Right, you'll see everything from the high-end Atlas, all the way down to you know even a, invoke the name Swamp Fox, which is nothing more than a copy of a Caldwell. Are you okay? You're like going to Rhett's over I know, there. I know, but <laughs> we're, we're talking about shot, and these folks were there, and they all offer a gamut of solutions. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the breadth of what Shot Show has to offer, it's everything from the novelty item through the professional shooter side. Right. And anyone interested in the AccuTac, check them out. I hear it releases in April. That's what they so were telling me. I would check out a website about April and see if you can't get a little peek at it. It's an interesting piece of kit. Now, get your wallet out, though. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I, I was surprised. It wasn't as expensive as I expected when I, when I went over and talked to them. They were talking about an MSRP of about $800 for... A bipod and, and a system of that magnitude, I was expecting twice that. Fair enough. I would have expected twice that. You're right. So, again, kudos to the AccuTech guys. The, they went to work on that one. Agreed. They did. And 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 I, I think it's going to go out well for them, especially in the ELR realm. I agree. I agree. So, anything crazy happened for you... Um, you know, you you booth there. I did. I rode on your coattails, and I took off and went to meetings for like three days. So, <laughs> thank you for that. No, no. But as far as shot itself overall, was this a good show for you? You know, it was a good show. I I didn't necessarily pick up a whole bunch of new business, but I solidified relationship with businesses I've been working on for a year. A lot of times, people just kind of want to look you in the eye and see who you are mm-hmm. and help you out. And in the shows, the only venue I know of where you can have multiple contacts and different segments of the industry and get that eye to eye. Right. So from a necessity, I think Shot's got a place. Right. Um, but as a new business generation, which it used to be, it's not doing that as well as it used to. And I did, I, I did the same thing. I Relationships that I had started... Six months ago, I finally was able to face to face with those people, put a, put a face to a name, solidify that relationship, um, and hopefully do better moving forward. Now, Shot did, at least for me, for Wyotac, it did what it was supposed to. It it pretty much filled my year. Yes. What the, the the things that happened at Shot, the deals that were made there, made my year. And I would say that the same thing because I've been working on these projects for a year. Mm-hmm. And if they come to fruition, they will come to fruition this year. 
it's going to make 2023 a hell of a lot better in 2022 or 2021. Right. Um, getting out of the the bureaucracy of COVID. Right. And the finally getting past some of the logistics issues and supply chains iron out. Um, the, the market's starting to look up a little bit. And I got a feel for that from an overall overwhelming on everybody I talked to, from Rock River Arms to Air Force Air Guns, all the way through Palmetto State. You know, they, they have a lot of changes going on over at Palmetto State. Those guys are growing like crazy, but they're adapting and they're moving with it. And being at SHOT allowed them to showcase some of that. Right. Now, I have to throw a plug out. Um, I was able to secure a deal with Avidity Arms. And those who don't know, this is kind of Rob Pincus's baby. He has spent the last seven, eight years developing a self-defense firearm specific for concealed carry self-defense and has finally got it to production level, to market, um, and he showcased that at shot. It's got to be the longest gestation for a baby ever. It does, <laughs> but if you look at it, and, and this is one of the things that, that I had a couple of conversations with people about. So look at the micro 9mm market. Okay? It's exploded. They, it, it has, but if you look at it over the past five, six years, where they have all ended up, okay, so now that you've got extended slides and they're thinning them out and they're making them you know super thin long slide that's what the pd10 is so it it, it's kind of you know one of the things that he you know we were talking about marketing and it's like look it took the micro nine millimeter market seven years to catch up to your gun the concept of his gun what i worry about from the vanity arms introduction at this point in the game is if it's not too late. There's a lot of other players already playing in that thin in, 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 that thin appendix carry mm-hmm. type of position. Um, the players that are in the budget realm, um, for everybody like us, they have round count capacity in them. Right. Where what's the event of your arms running? Ten. Ten so, plus one. So ten plus one, so you get eleven, right? Mm-hmm. What's the Hellcat running? Oh, God. Well, the pros... 15 plus one right so but it's but it's a half inch thicker fair enough i mean a half inch again it's a double stack right i mean at the end of the day they're 365s doing the same game really Mm -hmm. from a concealable pistol that's thin and i worry about the avenity arms why the concept is rock solid it's exactly what you need to carry and yeah it's a plug for avenity arms but where are they in the insertion of the timeline i think they're just right Okay. And, and the reason I say that is, like I said, where, where the micro 9 millimeters have gone from based on where they came from, you know, you're talking like the Glock 43s, okay? Um, they've all moved to where the Avenity Arms starts. That, that PD-10 is, is it, its first iteration is where this market has gone. I agree with you completely. Just If Rob could have done this six years ago. Oh, great. Um, he'd own the space. I don't know that he would have. Well, he was the first to market in that idea. Right. That concept was his. And honestly, if any of those players try and tell you that they developed that in a vacuum on their own, they're smoking dope. Right. Because Rob's coming to it from an instructor standpoint. Right. And he sees students every day, all day, and talks to them about 
how they carry and teaches them the, the rights, ins and outs of carrying, he was the right guy at the right time six years ago to bring this product to market. Mm-hmm. And he did. And, and to be fair, I have a vested interest. I, I submitted a purchase order to him today for a dozen of them. Awesome. Because we're going to start, you know, we, we secured that deal. We're going to start offering the intuitive defensive shooting training with the Avidity Arms PD-10. So the, the, the training that inspired the firearm as a package deal. That's brilliant. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to explode. Well, the PD-10 also has, he has a testing round count that I haven't heard of before with other firearms as well. What was the round count for him? Uh, it was a test. It, it was like 8,000 rounds. With they, no issues. With, with no failure. Yeah, no, and and that's, that's nothing to scoff at. Uh, most folks won't, out of their defensive firearm, they'll carry gun, won't shoot 200 rounds. Right, yeah, ever, but for, the, ever for, the life of for the, the gun. life of the gun. But if it doesn't have a problem in 8,000 rounds, it's... Probably not going to have that problem in 200. Right. And, you, and And you're introducing heat and dirt and everything into that environment. That's where guns fail. That's why we, we're, I'm, I'm always terrified when I see a Kimber come to class because I know the heat and the dirt, that thing's going to fail by noon. Now, the 1911 platform is a proven platform. It is. When you try and make it jewelry and tighten those tolerances up is when you run into problems. Right. Because... I happen to have a, a GI version of the 1911. It'll run all day. And it, it, it's a 1950s model, and it never stops. Right. And, well, and, and, and Brandy, you've got a 380 version. But it's, it's, the, it's those GI tolerances. You've never had an issue with that gun. No, I haven't. And honestly, I don't have problems with my Kimber either, but I know it's jewelry. I wear it to pretty places. Shoot it every once in a while to make sure I can if I need to. But it's pretty. I wear that thing. That's the only time I'm not concealed. You, it's you run two magazines, and you know that's all it's good for. <laughs> Say what you like about the 1911 platform. Even in the new modern iterations of it that have gotten tight tolerances and they don't necessarily run a high round count, they point right. Right. And when you have a 1911 in your hand, you have a piece of heft. It's a pistol. It's not a polymer or lightweight piece of plastic. There's a little bit of reassurance there at the end of the day. Oh, great. And if you end up running it empty and have to throw it at the dude, you've got a projectile. Right. Yeah, my Rock Island is really compact, right. but it's heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. Now, did anybody go by Rock Island's booth? I yes. did not. Yes, I what did. What did you see new from them? So, <laughs> Rock Island has this really cool AR Pattern 22. Um, MSRP 349. Dedicated... Rimfire 22. Yes. Okay. And mm-hmm. as soon as my granddaughter can hold her head up, she will have one. All right. Um, so you were, thing, you were impressed with it. Oh, it was so cool. And and just, it, it was perfect. It was scaled down a little bit, but not to the point of now we're going to have NFA issues. But Okay, so it's scaled down. So did they scale down grip? Yes. Did they scale down Picatinny rails? Yes. So they are not mill spec rails. No, they're, they're they're mill spec, but but the like the fore end is is a little bit smaller. Okay. Okay. You still have the adjustable buttstock, so okay. it's going to be fully adjustable for smaller frames, and it's just cool. And I think it's going to be so much fun to shoot for a first time shooter. I think that's great. I mean, for me as as an optics guy, one of the, my biggest pet peeves is the folks that come out with 
firearms that are new that are designed by people who don't shoot. Right. And their their rail system's not spec, and you can't put a Pictini rail optic on it because the gaps aren't. No, nope, right. these are these are perfect. They're pick okay. rail. I mean, everything everything is right. It's just easier to hold. It's smaller. It's a little more compact. It's just it, it, it's just easier. And of course, being twenty two rimfire. This is going to be a new shooter's dream come true. Okay. Uh, All right. And, and, and Rock Island does it right. They, they do really do. Yep. Okay. What did you see that was new, Brandy? You didn't let me out of the booth. I was a hostage. <laughs> I didn't let you out of the booth. Wow. You, right. How's that bus feel? <laughs> I'm going to wipe those tracks right off my back. And, and to my defense, I... I, I I needed to get out of the booth quite a bit, and quite honestly, you're the person I trust to run the booth, so I'm sorry you got left in the booth. And then when we did go places, I mean, other than turning my head left and right real quick to see things, so the one thing I really, really liked, expensive, from Germany, is the 3D print mount that almost looked like a dragon. Oh, yeah, yeah. It it was beautiful, but it's not, I mean... There was a German company there with, with rifle... One piece ring mounts both on thirty and thirty four millimeter, mm. and they were three D printed out of titanium. These things were gorgeous. Now they're a thousand dollars a piece, cost prohibitive for me and most of my shooting. But they were beautiful, and if you start looking at them, there is no way that you could machine them that way. They had to be printed. Right. And he said, he said with titanium. He goes, it has to go real slow. Burns through tools real fast. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true German. Well, and his, his English wasn't great, and he was, he was really proud of them, and he should be. Oh, absolutely. They were beautiful. No, he was, they were cool. And I, and, I, and I talked to this guy, too, and, and, and you're right. He, he was just, he was cool. His English wasn't great, right. but he was, he was a cool guy to hang out with, and, and I can't say that about a lot of Germans. Very, very true. Very, very true. So that was that was probably the coolest thing I saw. A lot of people bring the same thing every year. Well, they, same thing, same thing, same thing. We have reached a point in the firearms industry where something that's truly new is kind of hard. Right. I mean, it, there's enough folks out there trying to think up stuff that they repurpose a lot of things, and the cartridges are the one of the things that just comes to mind. I am seeing a lot of old cartridges repurposed and renamed um, they may finally get a Sammy spec because they were a wildcat before, um, but there's really nothing new in the cartridge world. New in the cartridge world, the gun you got prior to Shot Show. Yeah, the eight six blackout. Yeah, eight six blackout. It's a three thirty eight whisper. Are it's you, been out for since nineteen eighty four. And where are you getting ammo? I'm having a hard time finding ammo. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, again, it's one of those cartridges that isn't you yeah, and everyone else. But, I, I got to tell you, I'm kind of excited about this cartridge from the standpoint of I've watched because I kind of stalk Kevin Brittingham's feed because he kills shit in Africa all the time, and he has taken this thing in a subsonic round and taken everything in Africa with an eight six blackout. Um, it's not a big magnum caliber. Hell, it's a subsonic round. So there is something in the mix here with the energy of how a one and three twist works. That allows a 300 grain projectile to be that lethal. So we have kind of rambled on over time. Um, what's, just, what's, what's, the, what's the best advice that you can give to the newbie at SHOT Show? 
comfy shoes and go see your top list first. <laughs> Brandy? Me? Don't stay out drinking all night. I learned that the hard way, but it took me three years to learn this. <laughs> and you, Jason? I would say stay away from the food court. Food court? What about the Obor? That too. Oh, that too. I, and, I, and I think that's why we avoided the crud. Agreed. We, we did not go to the Obar, like, at all. So I would like to add, before we cut out, that if you would like to sponsor this show or do any advertising, I need more beer breaks. I'm just saying. She does need beer, beer breaks. Because I, I tell you, once she hits about three in, that's when she gets really entertaining. And right now, she's only on two. And if, if you want to chime in in the comments and give us more feedback for future shows, we will take it. And uh, if you, we mention you on the show... I will give you $5 lucid credit. Oh, and I think we're probably going to come up with a T-shirt. We're definitely doing that. (laughs) All right. So with that, we hope you enjoyed and look for us next week on Deer Shooter.